Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect. Well, we've been in a summer series called Recalibrate, and the term recalibrate is to adjust. Adjust the way we think, adjust the way we do things so that we can align to what God wants for us in our lives. We've, we've covered worship, reclaiming worship. We talked about that worship isn't just singing and music, but it's a heartfelt thanks to God for everything. Everything we say, everything we do, we worship God in our jobs. We worship God with our thoughts. So it goes beyond music and worship. We also talked about regaining perspective. And at a time like this with so many things to distract us, we need perspective. We talked about the perspective that we need to adjust to is heaven, is to eternity, is to the unseen, not necessarily so much with the seen. And then last week, we talked about rediscovering joy. To focus on what God sees and how our present trials are helping us to grow in perseverance with our faith. All of these are vital right now. Well, let's turn to our banner verse in 2 Corinthians 13.11 to see what our next focus area will be. Finally, brothers and sisters... Rejoice, strive for full restoration. That's where we get that recalibrate term. Strive for full restoration, encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Coming out of 2 Corinthians 13, 11. As you look at that verse, what do you see repeated? Peace peace, to live in peace, the God of love and peace. That's where we're going to go this morning. You see, Paul in his letters was really fun as I was preparing for this message. In every single letter that Paul writes, he begins with a prayer praying that every church, every set of believers, he prays for grace and peace to every single one of them. So peace is huge. We met as a staff team, and one of our staff members said, um, during our staff meeting, says, I need a large dose of grace from you guys. Well, not only do we need large doses of grace, because that's why Paul kept praying this. He knew how much we need this as believers. We need grace, but we also need peace in our lives. What comes to your mind when you think of peace. If I'm honest, it's funny, but one of the first things that comes to my mind is my youngest grandson. He loves police cars and garbage trucks. So translation, garbage trucks are guck gucks. Pop, pop, guck guck, pop, pop, guck guck. You know, he's always excited about a garbage truck. And then police cars, he says, pop, pop, peace, peace, peace. Can't say police. I'm not thinking about police, but he's thinking about police. But I, I think of that peace. But more seriously, what do you think of when you think of peace? In fact, if peace was a picture, what would it look like? 
There's an art museum in New York that had a contest with its artists. And they asked them to depict peace in a picture. And they were going to select the winner. Four made it into the top round. The first one was a beautiful sunset over the ocean with incredible hues of orange and a blue sky, much like you'd see in Hawaii. The second one was rolling in lush green hills along a crystal blue lake. Maybe picture Ireland. The third a log cabin in the mountains. Those of you that love winter with a blanket of white snow covering the landscape. And through the windows, you see a cozy, warm fire inside with smoke billowing out of the chimney. Which one of those would you pick? I'd pick the sunset one. I love sunsets over the ocean. But there was a fourth one that actually won. This was a picture of a severe thunderstorm in the ocean with waves crashing up against the cliffs. And as you look closer, you see a mother eagle in the cleft of the rock taking its wings and covering up its little baby eaglets. Peace. Peace is easy when there's, when there's sunsets. And it's beautiful and everything is nice. But peace amidst a storm, that's where it gets really, really tough. And I think a lot of us have been experiencing some of that lately. Let's be honest. There's been a lot going on in our culture lately. I, I see three storms kind of churning around us culturally right now that I call a triple threat to our peace. One is the obvious, coronavirus. Coronavirus is having a huge impact on us. I mean, do I leave home or not? That isolation that I spoke of earlier. We've got school decisions coming up. How is that going to go? Is it going to be dangerous? Is it going to be too risky? Work situations. Some of you have your job still. Some of you don't have your job. But what, is, what does it look like with the distancing and the masks and all that kind of stuff? I mean, I got to be honest. I, left, I put my mask down over there. But before I was trying to get it on with this microphone, I'm like, how do I do this? You know, there's all these things. Your glasses get all steamed up. I mean, there's all these different things that are kind of going on. And those are minimal compared to the major things. I see the second thing that's really swirling. It's almost like the stuff is in a pot and just swirling. And that's the racial tension that we're seeing across our country. There's systemic racism and the protests and valuing black lives in our country and what that looks like. It's, it's churning. And then the third one, if we don't have enough with those two, is the whole political scene. And we got an election coming up real soon. And sometimes they all kind of get mixed together. You're wondering, you know, what are they saying here? And is that because it's a political thing? Or, I mean, there's all this stuff is kind of stirring and churning within us. And we need peace. And then throw in added pressures of family relationships or family crises that are taking place in our lives and other difficult issues 
It's no wonder that life is hard right now and that peace is getting squeezed out. You know, both Gene and I just found out yesterday um, that two of our closest friends are going through a dark valley in their lives. And it was just like a, a blow to the abdomen. And our hearts just went out. And so there's, this, there's these things going on in our lives that are very, very difficult. But Paul is calling us in 2 Corinthians to live in peace. And this morning, we need to reestablish that peace. How do we live in peace amidst the storms in our lives? God doesn't promise a world free of danger and difficulty, but he does promise his help whenever we face those dangers and those difficulties. I believe this morning, God wants to bring a special blessing and gift of peace to us as a church, right in the lives that we're in. I would like you to stand this morning, and I want to pray for us. So just go ahead and stand. Get a little movement going there. And I'd like you to extend your hands out like this to receive peace that God wants to bring in different places in your life this morning. I want you to close your eyes, and I'm going to pray. Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace, we come to you. And there's a lot stirring in our minds and hearts and in our country. And I ask that you, and Jesus, you being the Prince of Peace, would bring peace into areas where the waves are churning internally and, I, and where we just don't feel peace in our lives. We need a supernatural touch from you. And you promise to give us a peace that surpasses all comprehension. It's something we can't understand. And we ask for that this morning, Lord. We pray this in your powerful name. Amen. You may be seated. So the big idea this morning is we are called to live in peace even amidst the storms of life. And how do we do this, especially in times like these? Let's look at what Isaiah says, a powerful, powerful set of two verses in Isaiah 26, three and four. He says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you, Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. Right away, it starts with perfect peace. In the Hebrew, peace is shalom. And it's really cool, in this verse, it's shalom, shalom. That's what's perfect peace. It's like, I need a double dose. Don't we need a double dose of God's peace? I mean, it kind of reminds me back in the Old Testament, I remember learning about Elijah, a prophet, and he was a man filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was going to transfer over being a prophet to the younger Elisha. 
And Elisha's prayer was, give me a double portion of your spirit, the same spirit that was in Elijah. And I'm feeling that same thing this morning. We just don't need peace. We need a double portion of peace with what stuff is going on in our lives. Peace, shalom. Shalom, it means completely whole. It's a, it's a packed word. It isn't just peace, but it's, it's completely whole, like peace moving into the mental area of our lives, the social area, the emotional area, the spiritual area, every aspect so we can be completely whole. It's a constant peace. It brings a maturity to us. It brings a calmness to us. It brings a, a tranquility, a serenity to us. It brings well-being, prosperity, and favor coming from a deep sense of God's presence on our lives. Wouldn't you like some more of that in your life? That's what Isaiah's getting at here. Shalom, shalom. So in this passage, we're going to focus on three areas that need to be reestablished. That word reestablished is brought back into original position. Those that are chiropractors or physical therapists, their, their job is to get you aligned so that everything is back in its original position. I, I go uh, regularly to my chiropractor. Sometimes it hurts. I'm really out of adjustment. I, he needs to reestablish more. And I leave there like, uh, why did I go there? And then there's other times it's fine. And I'm not out of adjustment as much. And so as we go through this, you might feel a little, oh, that one kind of hurt to get that place re reestablished. And then some of you might just feel, I'm Okay. God's working in that area. So three areas we're going to look at in order to reestablish peace, especially amidst the storms of our life. The first one is right away there in Isaiah, and it's trust. Our trust needs to be reestablished. All who trust in you, that's where this shalom, shalom comes from. All who trust in you. To trust means simply just to lean, to lean on something, to put all your weight into something. What are you trusting in? What are you leaning into right now in your life? And some of you may ask, I'm not really sure what I'm trusting in. A way to find out is to be self-aware when something is removed or taken away from you, how does that make you feel? What does that do inside of you? Does it cause fear, anxiety, stress? That's an indicator that you're probably trusting in that and it's been removed. And we can trust in a lot of different things but I want to encourage you to pay attention and be self-aware of how you respond, your actions, and how you're feeling, or even what you say when, that, when something is removed. For example, for years I struggled in the area of 
leaning into finances, trusting in them. When they got removed or something wasn't going well, man, stress city. You can talk to my wife about that. God's done a work. He's brought peace into that area of my life. But that's something that goes all the way back living in a single parent home. It was just, all I knew was anxiety around this stuff. So it throws you. It throws you a little bit. We can trust in a lot of things. We can trust in our husband, our wife. We can trust in a close friend. We can trust in a leader. We can trust in money, as I shared. We can trust in our job or a position. We can trust in family. We can trust in our own ideas and thoughts and what we think. And all of these are good to trust in as secondary, number two. But not as primary. Because that's where the trouble comes in. We begin to lean on something too much that was never meant to be leaned on. God created us to make sure that our primary trust, what we're leaning in totally, is God. What are you trusting in these days when it comes to, for example, the coronavirus? Are you trusting in the medical community? Trusting in our governor and masks and distancing and experts and articles? Your own understanding of it all, trying to make sense of it all? These should all inform us. And don't get me wrong, we've done a really good job as a church of bringing in all this information and making decisions. But don't get distracted that it becomes the number one thing you trust in. Because then if that's taken away, now I'm, I'm anxious, I'm afraid. What's gonna happen? God is bigger. God is bigger and he wants your trust to be there first. That doesn't mean we don't wear masks and do all that. I'm not saying that, but there's a balance, I think, that God wants to bring us into. And sometimes with all the noise out there, he can get lost. He wants to be the number one thing that we trust in. Let's look at Psalm 91, one through two, how the psalmist explains this. He says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. It's almost like that picture of the mother eagle, that God is, God is sheltering us. This I declare about the Lord. Get this, he alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and simply put, but so hard to live out, and I trust in him. He alone is my refuge. He alone is my place of safety. And I trust in him. God needs to be number one. All of these other things can inform and can become secondary. But he needs to be first when it comes to our trust. When it becomes what, what am I leaning into here? Well, the first area in order to have peace with God, with trust, is God wants a relationship of trust with us. So some of you that may be here or joining us from your homes, 
you've not started that relationship. You don't understand what that piece is. And I get that. I, I had no clue as a teenager what that meant. But somebody explained to me that in order to have peace, of, peace with God is to have a relationship of trust with God. And I needed to turn the reins of my life and begin leaning into God and not leaning into all the things that I was leaning in at that time. And this morning in a little bit, I wanna give you an opportunity to start a relationship with God if you don't have that. Because otherwise, all the other stuff I talk about isn't, it's not gonna be connected because you gotta have a relationship. The second is those of us that have a relationship with God. Most of us here have a relationship. And we're grateful for that relationship. But throughout the course of our day-to-day life, that leaning shifts to other things. And we begin trusting in something else other than God. Well, God wants to reestablish that and get us trusting in him alone. And I want to give you an opportunity to reflect and even confess or admit to God, I've gotten distracted. I'm I'm leaning on something else right now that I shouldn't be leaning on. And if we're honest, you pay the consequences of that. So what I'd like you to do is just close your eyes and I want to I share two prayers. One for those that want a relationship with God to pray after me, and the other is those of you that may be just needing to reestablish faith in your life right now. Close your eyes and, and pray with me. First of all, those of you that don't have a relationship with God, pray after me this prayer. God, I want to have a relationship with you of trust. Please forgive me for trusting in other things. I want to move you to center stage in my life and trust in you. I acknowledge sin. That means trusting in other things. And I need you to come in to forgive me of my sins and to take control of my life so that I have you as my sure foundation. Those of you that have a relationship with God, pray this. God, it's gotten a little fuzzy. I've gotten a little lost. I've gotten a little distracted. I confess to you, I've been trusting in fill in the blank. What is it that you're trusting in? I confess that to you. Please forgive me And help me to put you number one again. Help all my weight to be leaning on you today so that we can move forward with a solid trust. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. It's so refreshing to slow down. And I I realize as I'm, Sharing with you, you you might need some more time for this, and I'm going to encourage you with that later. But it's so refreshing just to to get things right with God 
It's just like in any relationship, when things aren't going well and all of a sudden, ah, okay, we had a good talk, we worked it out. There's, there's a peace, there's a freedom that comes in that God wants us to enjoy. Well, the second area this passage leads us to is our thought life. Isaiah says this, all those who are fixed on you. So perfect peace comes from those who trust. Perfect peace comes from all those whose thoughts are on you. So you might be saying, Pastor Life, are we really going to go there? Are we going into my thought life? We're really going to go there because Isaiah moves us there and we need to go there in order for peace to enter in. What have you been thinking about lately? Where do your thoughts go when you got time on your hands? Where do, they, where do they roam to? Where do they wander to? What are you busy looking at? What are you busy watching on your phone, on your computer, or books that you're reading? Although subtle, what we watch and read affects us. And I want to encourage us to be careful. It can start out innocent and informational, but it can slowly gain more and more of our attention and time that can easily distract us toward fear, anxiety, and some really undesirable places. If I'm honest, I had to cut back. I had to cut back from the news. I, I was looking on my phone. I was looking at different news sources, checking up on you know, the local Dayton app um, with what's going on. And some of it was all well and good for a while, but man, it started messing with my head. It started to become way too much. I just felt God seeing life. Smaller doses. You're taking too big of bites here with this stuff. It's too much. Too much for you can, that you can handle. And that's what we got to become self-aware with. What, what am I able to handle? Where do I start moving towards anxiety, towards trusting in news sources, trusting in more information, more than God? And it starts to mess with our thought life. We need a filter. I mean, we got filters on our phones, filters on our computers, filters on our TVs to keep us from going to inappropriate places. We need a stronger filter. I'm not talking about those filters. I'm talking about God's word. God's word hidden in our hearts so that it becomes a place where we can filter out various things that we're reading and looking at. Look at Paul's words here in 2 Corinthians. He rolls up his sleeve on this, you guys. This isn't just a passive thing that we've got to deal with when it comes to our thought life. We've got to roll up our sleeves, and you're going to see some fighting words here from Paul. Look at here. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. He gets fired up here. 
I mentioned before when you got coronavirus and the, and the racial tensions and political things and other things, there's arguments flying around out there. We got to demolish those. And we got to demolish them with God's word. That's what we demolish them with. We can't let them fester. We can't let them take seed in our minds because that leads to thoughts and actions that aren't in a line, that aren't, that aren't reestablished, if you will, from, God, from God's word. So Paul uses these strong words. Take captive every thought. Take it in. Get God's word out or talk to those that, that, are, that are brothers and sisters in the Lord and, and process that with them and make sure it's lining up before we just kind of ready, fire, aim and just go out. Whether it's conversation or social media or whatever, we've got to be really, really careful. Paul wants us to be very, very careful here. And some of you are doing a really good job here. Conversations I've had, texts I've gotten. It's important to you. You, you want to know what God's word is saying in some of these situations. But some of us, some of you, we're getting sloppy. And we need to roll up our sleeves. Look at Hebrews 4.12, how powerful God's word is. It says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates to even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It cuts way deep. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That's why I say this is a stronger filter because it goes into the heart. It goes into the attitudes and the thoughts that are going on in there. So we need to bring God's word in to help us, to let it do its work. God's given us his word. And that's where true change takes place. That's where we know what is true. And that's when we receive his peace. Because God's word always brings peace. Look at Proverbs 3.17. Proverbs refers to God's word as wisdom and he uses her. So he says here, her ways, wisdom's ways, God's ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. But that doesn't mean that we don't roll up our sleeves and, and we gotta fight for this. Because there's a battle going on out there. There's a battle for the mind, a battle for our thoughts. And we got to be a soldier. We got to be strong. We got to be bold and stand up and recognize when we're getting knocked around up here in our thought life. Well, the last area that Isaiah focuses it on and is our view of God. It ends in Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. He says, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. How would you complete the end of that verse? For the Lord God is for you right now. Like, what are you experiencing? I know the Bible says that, and maybe you resonate with that. Yes. 
How would you fill that in if you're honest? For the Lord God is what to me right now? Would you say distant? If you're honest, it's kind of far away. It's kind of just letting stuff happen. Kind of powerless amidst some of the chaos, some of the stuff that's going on in my life right now. Or the Lord God is inconsistent. I, I see him coming in, coming out. Um, at times I'm feeling alone. At times I feel like he's there. It's kind of, kind of revolving door of sorts. Or would you say the Lord God is near? Near to what Isaiah is saying here. That you're feeling his presence, you're feeling his strength and his help like the eternal rock. Or are you just unsure? You're, you know, maybe you haven't thought about it in a while. Maybe you've just gotten distracted and withdrawn and man, like, I, I haven't, I haven't thought about that in a while. In the midst of the storms, amidst the things in our lives, it's, it's so easy to lose perspective of who God is and what he's like. There are a couple powerful passages that I want to look at that, that hit us with a lot of questions. And sometimes when we get hit with a lot of questions, it, it just causes us to kind of back up. When we're in a conversation, just boom, 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 boom. But Isaiah comes at us with question after question to jar us and to get us to think about who God really is. The first list of questions is in Isaiah 40, 12 through 17. And I, want to, I just want to share them with you. I just want you to ponder these. Just ponder these and reflect on these. He starts off and says, who else has held the oceans. Think about that. Held the oceans in his hand. Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers in a span? Just like that. Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and hills on a simple scale? Who is able to advise the spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough crazy to give him advice or teach him has the lord ever needed anyone's advice does he need instruction about what is good did someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice no for all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket doink there are nothing more than dust on the scales. He picks up the whole earth as though it were a simple grain of sand. All the wood in Lebanon's forests and all of Lebanon's animals would not be enough to make up a burnt offering worthy of our God. I know Sammy Adiah likes this because he's Lebanese. The nations of the world are worth nothing to him. In his eyes, they count for less than nothing, more emptiness and froth. Froth, froth on a beer, froth on a, in a coffee if you get a latte. I just want you to sit with some of those questions 
Because what's emerging here is we've got a God that is all wise. Like he makes the best decisions always. Even though sometimes they're very hard. And he is overall. I mean, he's big. And I just want that to to settle into your hearts, to calm any waves that he, he can handle. He can handle what you're going through. Here's the next set. And it's, and it's still in Isaiah 40, as if those weren't enough. Isaiah goes on to say here, he goes, to whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? Ask the Holy One. Like, who, who can you put up against me? Look up into the heavens Who created all those stars? He brings them out like an army. One after another, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. He's keeping track. Oh, Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? From this vantage point, oh Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. He's not sleeping on the job. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. Let those just sink, soak. Maybe you need to go to some of these later on today to to recognize this God that that he wants us to lean into. He wants us to trust. He wants our thoughts to be fixed on him. He has no equal. Nobody is even close. Nobody's even in the same room with this one. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. And he's creator. And he's keeping track of the stars. Certainly he's keeping track of the details in your life, and he knows. You know, what has helped me grow in peace through this time? I've had to double up. I've had to double up in my time with him. I've had to double up reading so in the morning and at night, I, I've been meditating on uh, Psalm 23, um, Psalm 46, Psalm 91, and they just bring me back to my view of God. Because I get lost too. I get distracted. Or so, another, something else that helps me is, is it, you know, the version app, a lot of devotionals. I know a lot of you are using that. Uh, that's something I've been going to. Um, I, I love listening to the scriptures. There's a meditation app called Abide. It's an Abide app. I'd encourage that. It's just reminding me of who God is. So I don't forget. And I don't get distracted. You know, when I got the news, as I shared earlier, about these dear friends of, of Gene and I, um, I, I, we first just, you know, Felt really sad, prayed. Later that night, prayed some more. Some tears came down because I love them. I went to Psalm 46 and 
was reminded that God is my refuge and strength even in times of trouble. I prayed that for myself and my friends. And God brought peace. Nothing solved yet. We're still waiting on news. Hopefully it's good, but he's my refuge and strength. He can help me in time of trouble. It's hard. I'm going there. I feel feel a peace there. There's times in our lives where some of the things I've shared, sometimes we got to dig a little deeper to get peace in our life. There's internal issues inside that need further help in order for us to live in peace as Paul desires. And I want to encourage us to take the initiative. Some of those things might be processing with a trusted friend, like getting it out. It's so powerful. Science and neuroscience says if you can be aware of what it is inside and you can even vocalize that and bring that out to a friend, that's a huge step towards healing and peace. You may want to go to a trusted family member or or a pastor. You may want to ask for focused prayer into a certain area where you're just feeling really weak or discouraged or down. Get some friends to pray. You may need to get counseling. Sometimes we, we need some, uh, someone to help us, much like we take a car into a mechanic, they flip open the hood, they know exactly what's going on and how to help. We need, we need the same thing with our heart. Somebody to go in and lift up the hood, help us where things are kind of getting tangled up. We need a little, we need a little uh, diagnostic check. Don't be afraid to do that. Some of you, it might be medical help or, or getting treatment of some kind because it's, Something's lodged in there that really needs extra help. I want to encourage you, it's worth the effort to go through to get the peace God desires in your life. Do it. It'll it'll open pathways for shalom, for peace to enter in, and it'll be worth it. See, God created us to be peaceful, loving and trusted human beings. We function best when we're acting as we were created to be. We were not created to carry around loads of worry and stress. We're just, we're just not. It's just like putting unloaded stress on anything that wasn't meant to carry it. Like on a car or a truck where you put too much weight on it. It's just not meant. It's, it's just not going to work well. And there's plenty of extra weight out there that can weigh us down. But God wants to move us to this place of shalom and peace. So today I want to encourage you, or sometime this week, take some time and and ask these three questions. What am I trusting in? What am I leaning into right now? What is occupying my thought life? And be honest. And what is my view of God and how is it affecting peace in my life? As we close this service, as I shared earlier, I want to give you a special blessing of peace, a special blessing of shalom. It's a blessing God asked Moses to to pass on to Aaron so that he could pray it over all the Israelites. Aaron was a pastor. Aaron was a priest. The Israelites were men and women of faith that were walking close to God, although we know they struggled often. And it's actually been a song that we've been 
sharing or singing at home. I know we can't sing here, but it's been a song that we've been focused on. And it comes from Numbers 6, 23 through 24, and I want to look at that. It says this, The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his son, so the other Aaron in the priesthood here, This is how you are to bless the Israelites, the people of God. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you. That means smile. Isn't that cool that God, God smiles on us? Face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face, give you attention. He sees you. Turn his face towards you and give you shalom, peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites. And God says, through Moses, through Aaron, I will bless them. I want to do that this morning as your pastor, almost like Aaron, and you, men and women that walk with God. I want to pray this blessing over you. Please stand as I pray this. If you want to open your hands up to this blessing, feel free. Please close your eyes as I pray this over you this morning. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and smile on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. And I pray that that shalom peace would move into your homes, into your relationships, through our church, through our community, through our country, and yes, through the world. God, bring this blessing. We need your peace. You're the God of peace. You're the Prince of peace. Bring your peace to us that it may calm us and assure us that you're close. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Grace Crossing Church, including service times and directions, check us out on the web at www.gracecrossingchurch.net. We hope to see you at one of our upcoming weekend worship gatherings. Have a great day.